Welcome to this presentation from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. We are located in the greater Los Angeles area at 9820 Lakewood Boulevard in Downey, California. We would love to have you worship with us any Saturday you are in our area. Good morning, everybody. Welcome. Let's begin with prayer. Father in heaven, Lord, as we now begin a new series on, uh, Lord, love uh, <laughs> love your neighbor. Uh, be with us as we uh, study. Lord, uh, impact our hearts. Lord, help us to learn and discover what you want us to be able to take, and not only that, uh, practice it. In Jesus' name, amen. Many years ago, in 1910, a young baby girl was born. And uh, she came from what was then known as Yugoslavia. When she was a teenager, I believe about 16, she felt impressed to serve the Lord for the rest of her life. And so she uh, traveled all the way to India. And while she was in India, she, she taught. And uh, sometime later, she saw a sight that just completely overwhelmed her and realized we have to do something different. It was, a, it was a point in her life where it would totally set a new track and change and revolutionize her life. She, in fact, she was even considered in 1999 uh, the most admired woman by Good Housekeeping magazine. And what was this sight that she saw? It was an older, homeless woman laying in the gutter, being eaten by rats. And this sight caused her stomach to turn, and she realized we have to do better. And so, what did she do? She begged uh, to be able to take over a Hindu, an abandoned Hindu temple from the government. And there, she converted it into a very uh, makeshift hospital for those who were dying. And she once said, as well, if there is a God in heaven and a Christ we love, nobody should die alone. And this woman as well, she established over 10 uh, colonies for over 10,000 lepers in over 28 cities and even was uh, interviewed by Malcolm Muggeridge from the BBC News. And he stated, Mother Teresa, the thing I noticed about you and the hundreds of sisters who now form your team is that you all look so happy. Is that a put on? Is that fake? And she replied, oh no, not at all. Nothing makes you happier than when you really Reach out in mercy to someone who is badly hurt. And as you look at the life of Mother Teresa, there are so many lessons and pearls of, of wisdom and knowledge that uh, we can learn and gain from her testimony as a disciple for the Lord. I remember distinctly uh, when she passed, it was 1997, and it was one of those uh, flash moments moments in your life. Um, actually, there was two moments because I, I remember as well that uh, Princess Diana had passed. And both times I was either heading to Lake Paris, I was either in the car or I was sitting in the boat. And I still vividly remember those moments, even though it is over 23 years later. Two women who desired to make a great difference in the world. Princess Diana in her own way as well made a difference for, for many who were uh, who had AIDS, and, and she, she fought for those who were disenfranchised, the outcasts. 
Well, Ralph Waldo as well, he points out, you cannot do a kindness too soon, for you never know how soon it will be too late. It's better to live with kindness and love than anger. And so, as we look to Scripture, we're going to go to a very, very famous passage. Uh, one of, if not uh, one of two probably famous stories in the Bible. The first being is that of the par- parable of the prodigal son. And this one, probably I would argue, is probably the most famous parable that Jesus ever taught, is that of the Good Samaritan. And so we find ourselves in Luke 10. And uh, on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. And he said, teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? If you think about it, it's probably asking the wrong question because inheritance, it's not something that you do to earn it. You get it because somebody desires to give it to you. But I digress. So Jesus responds with, what is written in the law? How do you read it? And, and the lawyer, he responds with, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength, and with all of your mind. Right? It's quoting Deuteronomy. And as well, he also said, and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus responds, you've answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But then the lawyer, he, he, because he wanted to justify himself and maybe try to trick Jesus, he says, and who is my neighbor? Hmm. Who is my neighbor? And that's a question that especially as well is very relevant even to today. When we look around the world, and especially in our country as well, there's a lot of strife. The fact of the matter is I think we've forgotten truly what it means to live, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to truly love your neighbor as yourself. Because ultimately, to love your neighbor is to love those not just in your family or within your tribe or your your group, but to love all. Even those we don't understand or come from a different country, uh, you name it. And so Jesus responds with a story, a parable. And in in reply, Jesus says, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, they beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. And if you, you, uh, actually, I think it was Martin Luther King Jr. describes this road because he had visited in the 1960s. To go from Jerusalem to Jericho, uh, there's at one point probably where this, if this story, uh, where the story took place was that of a descent. And there were plenty of places where bandits, where robbers and muggers could hide and easily come out and overwhelm somebody. And so, Jesus, though, amps the story up, where he says, a priest, because remember, he probably had gone to Jerusalem. He was going back to Jericho. Maybe he went to Jerusalem for some kind of training or picked something up. I don't know. So a priest happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So, you know, here in America, when we drive, we drive on the right side. Or maybe if you're walking, generally, you know, we all know generally we should walk on the right side if you're going in one direction. Whereas this guy, the priest... 
He gets into the other night and goes all the way around and purposefully walks around him. And so to a Levite. The Levite uh, was an assistant to the priest. When he came to the place and saw him, he as well, he passed by on the other side. And you think, like, dude, how could you do that? Well, if they're being good, faithful Jews, you know, and if they thought this man, you probably, probably thought when they looked at him, he'd been bleeding. They probably thought he was dead and to touch him. Uh, would make them unceremoniously, uh, ceremonially unclean. And as well, especially if it's a, it's a Gentile, they definitely don't want to touch them. It was a different time where people especially held a lot of prejudice. But, this is when, as you, in the time of Jesus, as you're listening to this story, everybody's eyebrows come up. Then Jesus says, but a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him, and he bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and then he put the man on his own donkey, he brought him to an inn, and he took care of him. He didn't just abandon him or, or leave him, cast him off to the side. The next day, he took out two denarii, so about two days' worth of wages. He gave them to the innkeeper. And he said, look after him. And when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? And the expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus responds, but I, I think is the uh, the thesis statement of Luke. Go and do likewise. Interesting story. And so one of the things that as we go back in Luke 10, 29, it says, uh, but him, he wanting to justify himself, he said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? And quite frankly, as a neighbor, again, as I indicated, it's, it's everyone around you. The person at the grocery store, the person at the post office, your neighbors to your left, to your right, to your front, or maybe if you live in an apartment a complex, above and behind. We're all called to love our neighbor. Not just those that we like, but everyone in this world. And so as I, I indicated as well, this story it's an interesting story because there's a lot going on within this story that, at, at a surface glance, you would probably miss. And so again, the, the story of this man who goes and he, he's caught and he's, he's beaten and he's robbed of everything that he has. And yet, the priest and the Levite, men, religious men, you would think that they would pause, right? And stop and help, especially if it was a man of their own nation. And it's assumed that this person uh, was a Jew as well. But no, they, they either A, were in a hurry, much like what it seems like we also all are, even in today, right? Because, you know, if somebody asks for help, how often do we say, I'm sorry, I'm on, uh, I'm, I'm headed to a meeting or I've got to meet somebody, I, I'm sorry, I can't stop. We, we make excuses. And, and yet, the hero of the story is that of a Samaritan. And, and Samaritan Jews, 
Samaritans and Jews as well did not like each other. And, and for the hero, for Jesus to point out that a man, not of their own nation, is the one who actually takes pity and actually helps. And as well, the man uses all of his resources available to him at the time. And especially, we have to point out that he risks his own life to care for him. Because think about it. He was already walking down the same path. Another group of people could have mugged him, or even the same people. They could have used this guy as bait. For somebody, when they stopped, they could have attacked that person as well. But they didn't. And he uses the, the oil and the wine that he had. He put the man on his own animal, and he carried him to the innkeeper. And as well, most likely, the place that they went to was probably filled with Jews. Again, not a very safe place. He stays with the man, cares for him, nurses him, hopefully back to health. He uses his own money to care for, to pay for the lodging and the expenses. And as well, when he comes back, he tells the innkeeper, if there's any additional expenses, I will pay for them. Very generous man. Unexpectedly. And there, here is the kicker too. In Luke 10, verse 37, after all of this, when Jesus basically asks him, who was a neighbor to this man? The lawyer, when he responds with the one who had mercy on him. I can't tell you how cutting that is because he couldn't even say that he was a Samaritan man. Prejudice, racism deep, even in scripture. And Jesus then says, go and do likewise. Interesting, isn't it? In some respects, it feels like we're, we're still living in Bible times with the same prejudices even they displayed. One of the things that we have to be reminded as well, and, and one of the crux uh, thoughts from this takeaway and also throughout Luke and Acts, is that salvation is for all. Not just for me, and not just for our tribe, not just for Adventists, but God truly desires to save all. Now, I'm not saying I'm a universalist either, because, you know, we can choose to reject God. But yet, God desires for all to be saved. And we're called to serve and to love our neighbor. Love God with everything. And as well to love our neighbor. We can't be prejudiced when it comes to sharing the gospel. Because all deserve a chance to hear. So salvation is for all. And as we continue in this series in August, there are going to be three things, as we point out, uh, that we're going to Discuss Next week, we're going to talk about how we can connect with our neighbors. Okay, The Samaritan man connected with the beaten man. He literally got on his hands and knees and helped this man. And especially as well, the Samaritan man showed this, uh, a huge display of compassion on the beaten man. And finally, this man, this Samaritan man disregarded 
the cross-cultural barriers that inhibited people from being able to learn and to talk to one another. It didn't matter that this man uh, was uh, from a different culture. He was a man who needed help. So connection, compassion, and cross-cultural barriers are three things that we're going to continue to discuss and learn about and how we can be better connected, how we can show better compassion and as well to move beyond the barriers that either society or, dare I say, we even place upon ourselves. Now, I want to share one more final passage, and this comes from 1 John chapter 2, verse 7. It says, Dear friends, I am not writing you a new command, but an old one, which you have heard, which you have had since the beginning. This old command is the message you have heard. I am writing, yet I am writing you a new command. This truth, its truth is seen in him and in you, because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. How often does it seem that we're living in darkness, and yet God can still cut through that darkness? And in verse 9 it says, Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates a brother or sister is still in darkness. Anyone who loves their brother, and sorry, anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light and there is nothing in them to make them stumble. But anyone who hates a brother or a sister is in darkness and walks around in darkness. They do not know where they are going because the darkness has blinded them. Brothers and sisters, it's time that we lift the veil of darkness and come to the, the realization that we must love one another. How do we do that? Well, we're going to continue that series. So next week, we're going to talk about how can we become better connected with our neighbors, the people that we meet every day. How can we learn to connect? Samuel Chadwick says, Compassion costs. It's easy enough to argue, criticize, and condemn, but redemption is costly, and comfort draws from the deep. Brains can argue, but it takes heart. It takes heart to comfort. And finally, to close with, in the, uh, from the, the wonderful band Wild Stallions, Bill and Ted, be excellent to each other. May you be excellent to your family, to your friends, to your neighbor, and all those you meet. May the Lord bless, lead, and guide you. Father in heaven, thank you for another awesome opportunity to gather together as a church. And as we begin this series of how to, uh, to love our neighbor, Lord, touch our hearts. Help us to wrestle with these things. And ask, to ask, ask those deep questions, Lord, in areas in our life where perhaps we could do better in loving our neighbor. Father, thank you for all that you're doing for us. Forgive us of our sins. Lord, we are so thankful for many things that you have blessed us with, things that we don't even see that have happened in the past are happening now and will happen in the future. Lord, there are many requests on our hearts. We lift those to you. Be with them and take care of them. And all these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Grace and peace. See you next week. We hope you have been blessed by this message from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. You can find more messages at www.downeychurch.org. God bless.